Hi everyone, it's Vicki Basilica from the ASHP section of Clinical Specialists and Scientists, and I'd like you to welcome you to this special episode of Therapeutic Thursdays. Once again, I am excited to share some of the great clinical content that was a part of the 2020 Mid-Year Clinical Meeting. Please enjoy this highlight and be sure to check back soon for more features. So what is augmented renal clearance? It's a state of heightened renal clearance observed in populations. Usually this has been described in critically ill patients or those exhibiting sepsis. It's a physiological process that can negatively impact effective antibiotic treatment due to subtherapeutic concentrations. And this is potentially due to an enhanced apparent clearance by some unknown mechanism. Now there have been different definitions that have been associated with augmented renal clearance or ARC, both in adult and pediatric patients. Primarily in adults, the definition of ARC is defined as a creatinine clearance greater than or equal to 130 milliliters per minute. However, in pediatric patients, we can find ranges of the definition anywhere from 130 to 160 milliliters per minute. However, notice that we incorporate BSA for our pediatric patients. But I do want to note that some of these definitions and the definitions in general are kind of arbitrary and not robust. And really, the, 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 the point of ARC and the definition is to describe this, this increased clearance that nobody knows why it's occurring. So talking about some of the physiological implications of ARC, specifically about the pharmacokinetic alterations that are occurring, for our clearance, we have potentially an increased cardiac output or potentially increased renal blood flow leading to this increased renal clearance. For volume distribution, we have an increased deposition of tissues, or is it a combination of both? So regardless of what the potential mechanism can be or the driver for the pharmacokinetic changes, understanding the mechanistic basis of ARC and PK-driven failures is key to optimizing patient outcomes, especially when they're getting antibiotics where having therapeutic concentrations is very crucial in the course of therapy and in timing. I really like this diagram, so I want to spend some time talking about it. This was adapted by Jason Roberts over at University of Queensland, and their group is some of the first uh, to actually describe ARC in adult patients. And notice here that they're describing it as, a, as in septic patients. And on the left side, we see the right where boxed off in red, we have a potential increased cardiac output, which is leading to increased clearance, potentially capillary leak, protein binding abnormalities, which could be the cause for that increased volume of distribution. But regardless of which one, notice that we have ARC occurring and potentially what's, what's occurring is low drug exposures. Another diagram that was adapted from Cook et al. that was published in Pharmacotherapy kind of looks at very similarly at increased volume of distribution, increased clearance, and some of the potential mechanisms or reasons for why this is occurring, ultimately leading to that center box, that center circle of augmented renal clearance. So let's talk a little bit about the mechanistic studies for ARC. So I'm gonna say they are limited. Currently, there is only one clinical study that we found that was against published by the University of Queensland group at Udi et al. and Jason Roberts group, looking at um, exogenous markers in 20 patients to explore kind of the changes that are occurring on a, on a basis of nephron and GFR and renal tubular function. So on our right, just to kind of familiarize everybody again with the nephron, we find the picture and diagram kind of looking at the different areas of the nephron and potentially we have filtration, we have absorption. They were administered sinestrin, which was to measure GFR. They were administered P-aminohepuric acid, and I'm going to abbreviate PAH, for tubular anion secretion, racpindolol for tubular cation secretion, and fluconazole for tubular reabsorption. 
And in these patients, they took samples, so blood samples, at various time points. They took it at 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15, 30, all the way to 24 hours. And they wanted to know that are the concentrations of these markers different in these patients that are supposed to represent a patient with ARC. What they found was that the sinistrine clearance was increased, our PAH tubular secretion was increased, our fluconazole net tubular reabsorption was increased, but our racpindolol tubular secretion was decreased. And they concluded that ART causes alterations in GFR, renal tubular secretion, and tubular reabsorption by comparing these exogenous markers to those of healthy individuals. And the table from where their results were derived from is presented here, again, from Udi et al. in critical care, and also Gross et al., which looks at the 12 healthy patients, the Gross study. And here they're comparing what they found in their patients in that first box that's, that's in red, showing the different uh, markers and the different um, parameters that they're measuring and comparing that to the 12 healthy patients from the GROSET study. And if you notice, you notice, you find that uh, GFR was different, effective renal plasma flow was different, their net secretion of PAH was different, the um, pendolol was also uh, plus or minus different, and then their net tubular absorption of fluconazole was also increased as well. And that's what kind of based their conclusions that they made. As a pharmacometrician and someone who really enjoys pharmacokinetics, I also want to kind of take this all back to, a, uh, to, to models, PK models. Hope this doesn't bring anybody or give anybody nightmares of their pharmacokinetics lectures back in school. But um, you know, on our left side, we have our, our base two compartment model. On our middle, we have a two compartment model where we're represented by an increased volume of distribution, which is by that increased yellow box. And on our right, we have our increased um, clearance where we see that extra arrow of ARC that's contributing also to clearance from the central compartment. So as we notice that, you know, if we have increased volume distribution, we're going to have more, potentially more drug hanging out in that, in that yellow box on the right, that the yellow one. And if we have an increased clearance on the, the red diagram on the right, we notice that no, no, we also we have our rate constant where we're eliminating drug. We also have some other contributor that's making our clearance increased. Now, if we had a scenario where we have both of these occurring, we'd notice a increased red box with also the increased arc um, arrow as well in, um, in that central compartment as well, showing that we have a situation where we have an increased volume and an increased clearance going on. I also want to spend some time kind of talking about this from a pharmacodynamic standpoint. So first, let's introduce the terms, the area under the curve, the AUC, which is represented by the shaded triangles from zero to on the x-axis to time and the red one as well. In our two situations of a normal patient and patient with ARC, I want to mention that I put a line there for our MIC in the two situations. And I want to kind of show what happens to a drug when it's given to a patient that's A, a normal patient, and a B, a patient with ARC. Same dose, same drug, but a different result. So we're, you know, initially we give the drug, we notice we have our maximum concentrations observed in our body, our systemic concentration. And notice that over time, we're getting a gap that occurs on our right scenario which is representative of a, the, the time above MIC. And notice that at hour two, we're almost, you know, the hour two mark on that right scenario is a lot different than the hour two mark in that first scenario in the normal patient. And as time goes on, we notice that that gap gets higher. And by about approximately three hours, we're approaching the MIC and the, with the concentration of that drug where that pill is. But on that left scenario, we're still way above that time above the MIC. So here we have, an, again, an example of two different pharmacodynamic parameters changing due to ARC. One, the AUC, which is represented by the actual shaded region. Notice the blue region is higher. And two, the time above the MIC, which is represented by the arrows and the gap that's occurring at the hour, approximately three hours post um, CMAX concentration or post-dose. 
So going on to our next question, what is not a proposed cause of ARC? Is it A, alterations in renal tubular secretion or absorption? Is it B, increased fluid resuscitation? Is it C, increased age? Or is it D, increased cardiac output? The answer would be C, increased age. So we'll talk about that a little bit coming up. So yes, it's not a proposed cause, but it has been identified as a risk factor. So let's spend some time talking about some of the risk factors for augmented renal clearance and how we can apply them in a clinical setting. Risk factors for augmented renal clearance have been performed, studies have been performed in both adult and pediatric patients. For adults, they've identified trauma, younger age, specifically less than 50, male, those that are mechanically ventilated, those that, are, um, that, those that have sepsis or sept are septic, or those with lower Apache 2 or SOFA scores. For pediatric studies, we found that lower baseline serum creatinine, potentially a signal for ARC, increasing age, male, severe critical illness, sepsis again showing up, or febrile neutropenia. I do wanna show that some of the similar similarities as we find sepsis in both scenarios, and in both adults and pediatrics, and we also find male um, sex also showing up in both adults and pediatric studies. Do you wanna note the contrary here though, as, as younger, younger adults, may have be in higher risk for ARC, whereas in pediatrics, increasing age could be a risk factor for ARC. Do you want to note that this potentially could be due to the potential developing kidney of a pediatric patient, whereas adults, by the time they're, you know, at 18 or age or greater, the, the developmental process of the kidney is, is, is finished. So do you want to note that potentially not to get confused with why age is kind of showing contrary things here? Do you want to spend some time? I like this this diagram that was uh, adapted from Cook et al. again on pharmacotherapy, kind of showing the prevalence of augmented renal clearance in different patient populations. That being burn, febrile neutropenia, sepsis, subarachnoid hemorrhage, trauma, and traumatic brain injury. Notice that some of these are you, we we are repeating from our previous slide as identified risk factors. But notice that in our patients with sepsis, the prevalence of ARC was 39.5 to 56 percent, with the mean uh, clearance values being about approximately 154 to 210 milliliters per minute um, per BSI in that patient population of sepsis. Now, that being said, you know, we, we have risk factors, but how do we apply these risk factors in a clinical setting? Well, there have been studies kind of trying to give us some form of a process to identify these. The initial study was done in 2013, again, by the University of Queensland group that was called the ARC score from 2013, and it looked at 71 adult patients in the ICU. They used predictive modeling and three categories, um, 0 to 3, 4 to 6, and 7 to 10. They looked at different variables, uh, that being age less than 50, less than or equal to 50 years of age, which, was, which gave you six points, trauma on admission, which provided you with three points, and a SOFA score less than or equal to four, which provided you one point. And they found that higher scores were associated with greater prevalence of ARC, and that was significant. So here we can find on our, on our, our box plot on the right, showing their population of 71 patients, the scores, and kind of what, their, and how, what they found in terms of the score and the proportion of patients that exhibited ARC. Notice that 45 patients had scores of seven to 10 and exhibited approximately 80% um, 80 of the proportion of patients that exhibited ARC. Now that was, now a study that came out after that um, in 2017 by uh, Berlay et al. Um, kind of adapted that ARC score, kind of built upon it and called it the ARCTIC score. And what they did is they looked at 133 adult trauma patients, 89 of those with, with ARC, and they looked at different scores as well and different, different variables, that being uh, serum creatinine, less than 0.7 for three points, male sex for two points, 
age less than 56 years for four points, and then age 56 to 75 years for three points. And what they did then is they did a rock analysis, and I've made that table for you for us, that, and I circled in that area, showing the different potential scenarios of the scores. So that being the outcomes, three or more, four or more, five or more, six or more, seven or more, eight or more, and what was the sensitivity, specificity, positive predictive value, or and or negative predictive value in those different scenarios. So you know, as that 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 study didn't necessarily conclude on which score or which threshold would be maybe the the best one to use. Um, looking at this, we can find that the score of six or more provides us with the highest sensitivity, the highest specificity, and the highest positive predictive value and negative, and potentially the, the, the best negative predictive value in terms of kind of trying to compare what the best scenario is in this situation. Thanks so much for listening into today's episode from the 2020 Mid-Year Clinical Meeting. It's features and content like this that make the ASHB Mid-Year Clinical Meeting the place to learn and to take your practice to the next level. Be sure to join us in December for more great clinical content.